your grace, for your forgiveness. Today, help us to understand the power of this forgiveness. The power for us, the power that you want to unleash through us. And I pray that our desire will be in thankfulness for your forgiveness, that we will honor you in all that we do. We pray this in your name. Amen. We're doing a series called Here Comes Life, and it's based upon some work done by Lutheran Hour Ministries, which is a ministry which is really becoming extremely progressive and getting the gospel out to the, to the world. In fact, there is an app that I want to encourage everybody to download on your electronic devices. It's called um, Project Connect. So if you go to your um, app store, it's a free app. Um, just put in um, Project Connect, Lutheran Hour Ministry. It's going to come up. Download it, and what you're going to find in this app is about 50 different brochures on any topic you can imagine with scripturally-based answers and and, um, direction. And the great thing is, okay, so for yourself, for any topic you can imagine, let's say you're going through just a rough time, maybe you lost someone in your family or someone close to you, there's there's brochures on on grief and how to deal with that. If you don't want to read it, hit a button and it reads it to you. Um, but even beyond that, it's something you can send any brochures on to anybody else. You can email it to other people. You have a friend who's going through some type of crisis. You can find a brochure that pertains to their situation, send it to them. It's a great way to help them, a great way to, to share the love of Christ in a very, I think, progressive and effective way. Today our focus is on forgiveness. And to be honest with you, what I'm going to say today is stuff you've heard before. But I still think it's one of the most important sermons I've preached because for me as a pastor, and I'm sure for Pastor Allen as well, our desire is that you truly understand this topic that I want to deal with today, forgiveness. And what that means for us, what it means for those around us. And as we begin this topic, you know, it's important for us to understand that God is love. He is pure, perfect love. And when he created the world... He made everything what? Good. It was perfect in the beginning. And Adam and Eve had a perfect relationship with God, a perfect relationship with themselves, a perfect relationship with each other, and with the world. And they had one simple rule. Don't eat from the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden. And we like to blame them for what they did, but we're all the same way. So often we get rules, what do we do? We break them. And Adam and Eve broke that rule. And sin came into the world. And everything changed. If you read through Genesis 3, I want to maybe take some time this week to to read through that. Right away, they realize that they are naked. And they realize they're ashamed of themselves. They're ashamed of each other. They go and they try to hide from God because their relationship with God now has been broken in this process. And as a result of sin, the whole world changes. And the world becomes a very challenging and difficult place. That's what sin does. Sin creates problems. And so everything's changed for them. The perfect relationships now are shattered. But God could have given up and he didn't. And right away in Genesis 3, 15, he says a descendant of Eve is going to come and crush the head of Satan. The first promise of the gospel. That a savior would one day come to bring forgiveness, to bring victory over this problem of sin. And you see all these genealogies in the Bible where so-and-so gives birth to so-and-so. And what, if you follow them, ultimately we see in Matthew and Luke that it, it starts with Adam and Eve. And the, all the way through up to Jesus, the whole genealogy is laid out for us. But God unrolled his plan over time. And he, in his love, wants 
us to have a great life, a life with great relations, a life that we're close to him and everything is making sense around us. And so he eventually gives to us through Moses the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments show us what it means to love. The first three talk about how to love God. You shall have no other gods before me. Do not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. In other words, it says what we're called upon to do is put God number one in all areas of our lives. Number two, to honor him in what we say and in what we do. Number three, to worship him regularly and and be in his word. And if we do these things, amazing things happen. And then the next seven commandments talk about how to love your neighbor, honor your father and mother. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, you shall not covet, which is 9 and 10. In other words, this is what God directs us to do, to find love. He says, you know, honor your family members, honor your, honor your parents, honor um, the life of all people around you. Do not murder, do not murder. And also to not commit adultery, to, to respect, you know, the way that God intended for sex to be, to take place. Um, you know, to, not, to respect the property of other people. Don't steal. You know, to lift people up. To don't, you know, ultimately bear faultless witness against people, but to lift them up, don't tear them down. And to not covet, which means learn to be content, to, be, to have gratitude and realize that we are truly blessed. And if we look at these commandments, if we learn to live by them, we can live in a life that is incredible. And if the whole world would embrace these commandments, guess what? We'd be living in utopia. But the reality is, once again, like Adam and Eve, we so often break the rules. And it's not just in what we do. Most of the sinning that we do is done in what we think. Through what we think, through what we do, and sometimes through trying to to cover it up. And sin is a serious problem. Sin is outside the bounds of love. Sin is an enemy of love, and God is love. And because of sin and because of sins that we've done, we are separated from God. We cannot earn our way into heaven. And that's why it's important for us to realize, you know, that the law, you know, shows us the truth. It's like a mirror that helps us to see our problems, our difficulties. And every one of us sins. So right now, is anybody here thinking, wow, I've really messed up in my life? We're all in the same boat. If we took time right now to go, every one of us, okay, starts each one by one, come up here and start saying our sins, we'd be here for a long time. But the reality is God does not give up on us. And God sees the problem. And in 2 Corinthians 5.21 it says, He became sin who knew no sin that we might become his righteousness, that God in his love sent us the most incredible gift that first Christmas when Jesus came. And he lived a life of perfection. He never knew sin. The Bible says a wage of sin is death. Because of our sin, we're going to die physically, but also we're going to be separated from God forever unless there's intervention. And that's why Jesus came, to be the perfect sacrifice for our sins. He lived that perfect life, and his journey took him to a cross. And on that cross, he willingly died to take on the price of our sin. And because of that, we find forgiveness. Even when he's on the cross, there's a guy next to him, and he says, today you'll be with me in paradise. The people around him who are, but put him on that cross, he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. It's all about forgiveness. That God takes our sin upon himself on that cross. And then he rose again. 
that we, through believing in him, are going to live forever. The way to heaven is open because right now, in this room, if we believe in Jesus Christ, all of our sin is gone. There's not one sin in this room because Jesus has taken it all away. And there is no greater gift in life than that. And to know that, there are really three types of groupings of people in our society. There are the do's and the nuns and the duns. The do's are those who think they can be saved by what they do. All the religions outside of Christianity focus on this concept. You've got to do things to please the God or the gods. The bottom line is we can't do anything to take our sin away. I don't even know where heaven is. How am I going to get there? The do's. Then there's the nuns. This is, this is those who have no religion. Okay, not N-U-N-S. It's N-O-N-E-S. That there's people who have no faith at all. They are atheists, they are agnostics. That group has grown by 4% 20 years ago to over 20% today. Younger generation, almost one-third, have no faith as far as religion. Then we're, there's the duns. That's the third group, the duns. We are in the group called the duns. Because what that means is that Jesus has done our salvation for us 100%. Through his life, death, and resurrection, we are forgiven. There is no sin in us. And I want to make something perfectly clear. Because even though we may be duns, we tend to sometimes have some do in us. Just kind of inside of us. And I want to make sure that every one of us here today, that we understand that there's nothing that we have to do to be saved. It's been done for us. Are good works important? Yes. But in, they're done to thank Jesus for what he's already done for us. Our salvation is 100% accomplished by God. In Romans 10.9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you believe, you're saved. The way to heaven is open. Your sin is gone. And I pray that every one of us knows this. And every one of us realizes there is no greater gift in this life than that because that gift lasts forever. It's more valuable than all the wealth of this world combined. And through faith, we've received it. And I, as a pastor, and I know Pastor Ellsworth, we want to make sure that you embrace this, that you live it. Because when you realize that Jesus has forgiven you, things begin to change inside of you. When we're forgiven, it's the same as love. We're forgiven because God loves us. Love and forgiveness are synonymous. And that as we realize that love, we cannot help but love God back. And we cannot help but realize that forgiveness is something for me not just to embrace for myself. Forgiveness is something for me to share with others. And one of the first things we need to do and learn is that I need to forgive myself. Anybody here messed up a lot of times? In our psalm for today, David, King David, he he wrote that psalm after he got caught doing some terrible things. He committed adultery with one of his general's wives. And then he sent this general and his soldiers off to be killed. And he finally gets confronted by a prophet named Nathan. And he realizes the severity of his sin. And he's crying out to God, forgive me. I'm so sorry for for the sins I've done, for my messed up thinking, my actions, cover up. And guess what God does? He forgives him. If God forgave David, do you think he's going to forgive you? Yeah, he already has. He's already forgiven you. And because of that, you can learn to love yourself for who you are in Christ. It's a mistake. They're... And then 
we learn to love others. We begin to realize that, you know, people are not perfect. The people are mean to us sometimes. People that are nasty out there, it's a reflection of what they think about themselves. Rather than getting angry at them, we can learn to maybe feel bad for them. But we need to let go of the stuff that's inside that we're holding on to. We have this tendency that when people do wrong to us, that we just hang on to it. They could be 2,000 miles away and they're still living in our head because we're hanging on to that anger. And guess who's doing it? We are. That's why Jesus says, if you expect me to forgive you, you need to forgive others. It's, he's not being mean. He wants you to have a free life. You're not going to be free until you learn to forgive. There's a video I want you to see right now, um, a short um, video from a gal named Corey Tenboom, who was a famous speaker. She was in a um, concentration camp, and th- she comes across a prison guard that sh- was in the concentration camp at a, a rally she's having, and, and she's struggling because it's the same prison guard that oversaw the death of her sister. So please watch the screen. It was some time ago that I was in Berlin. And there came a man to me and said, Ah, Mr. Bohm, I am glad to see you. Don't you know me? And suddenly I saw that man that was one of the most cruel officers, guards, in the concentra- in concentration camp. And that man said, I have, I'm now a Christian. I have found the Lord Jesus. I read my Bible and I know that there is forgiveness for all the sins of the whole world. Also for my sins. I have forgiveness for the cruelties I have done. But then I have asked God grace for an opportunity that I could ask one of my very victims forgiveness. And Fräulein Tambom wants him here forgiven. Will you forgive me? And I could not. I remembered the suffering of my dying sister through him. But when I saw, when I experienced that I could not forgive, suddenly I knew. I myself have no forgiveness. Do you know that Jesus has said that? When you do not forgive those who have sinned against you, my heavenly Father will not forgive you your sins. I I knew, oh, I'm not ready for Jesus coming because I have no forgiveness for my sins. But I was not able, I could not, I could only hate him. And then... I took one of these beautiful texts, one of these boundless resources, Romans 5.5. The love of God is shed abroad into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. And I said, thank you, Jesus, that you have brought into my heart God's love through the Holy Spirit who is given to me. And thank you, Father, that your love is stronger than my hatred and unforgiveness. That same moment, I was free. And I could say, brother, give me your hand. And I shook hands with him. And it was as if I felt God's love stream through my arms. You never touch so the ocean of God's love as that you forgive your enemies. Can you forgive? No. I can't either, but he can.
pretty incredible example of, of being able to forgive somebody who had done terrible things. And maybe there's people like that in your life that have done terrible things to you, and, and God wants you to let it go. He wants you to forgive. And when you forgive, you're set free. When you forgive others, it helps to set them free and get them back on the path. God is love. God is forgiveness. And the more that his love and forgiveness fills up, the more this is going to pour through us. And the more we're going to be set free in our lives. And you see, God's trying to restore that relationship that was you know, shattered in the garden. He wants us to have, once again, a great relationship with him and a great relationship with ourselves, a great relationship with those around us, and ultimately a great relationship with this entire world. And so often it's hard when you look around this world with so much hatred, so much evil out there, but yet it's Jesus in John three sixteen who says, God so loved the what? World. He gave his only son. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If we want the world to change, there's only one force that can effectively do that. And that's the force of love, the force of God's love, the force of forgiveness. God chose to forgive us. And I pray that we choose to live in that forgiveness, that we choose to express that forgiveness. And the more that we do that, the more we're going to have a life that is truly happy, joyful, and free. Until that day we see Jesus face to face where everything is going to be in perfection. But until then, I pray that when we leave here today, that our desire is to choose love and to choose forgiveness. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your love, for your sacrifice, for your willingness to go to a cross, to die, to forgive us. Lord, we've probably all heard this sermon before, but I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that's not just in our minds, but it's in our hearts, that we live this out through our lives because the impact of your church, the world, can only be done through love and forgiveness. And let that become alive even more in each and every one of us, that we live this way as we leave here today. Thank you for choosing forgiveness. Help us to do the same. We praise in your name. Amen.